You're listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm Jen Justice. And I'm Stevie Molsoff. And we're the Dream Homes by Jen team with our second episode of Today's Dream, Current Affairs, What's Going On in Real Estate and the Real Estate Market. This episode will be airing on August 1st, 2021. So, ladies, let's hit it. What's going on? First of all, I got to give a big shout out to this team. Eric closed his flip house since our last episode. So we have successfully completed that, and it was a journey and a learning experience. So congratulations to Eric. Stevie's closed on an investment home since then, so congratulations to Stevie. And I'm still rocking and rolling and all things. And you close on everything. so I try. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, my big investment close was at the beginning of the year. And then, actually, I guess I did just close the last property of the 1031. Right, Because in a 1031, um, you have a... Six months is what's coming. It's 180 days. I'm sorry, I couldn't couldn't uh, enunciate that. But um, 180 <laughs> days to close on the property. I have 45 days to identify, and then 180. I just closed on the last one. Fantastic. So. And Yay, so, what job. that is, just because there'll be some people who don't know what a 1031 is, very real like estate is term. Kind so. exchange. So, so selling um, investment property for repurchase of investment property. In this case, it was duplexes to single family homes, which is allowed, could be land to land, could be commercial to commercial, could be any of those things, but you sell the one property and then identify it as a like-kind exchange in the beginning of the transaction and then close on the other properties within 180 days and you roll the taxes, essentially. It's a roll forward right. of the taxes you know and what? you don't have to pay it right it, away. What would be similar that a lot of people might have experience with is if you cash out a 401k from one business and you have a certain amount of time to roll it in a new 401k without any immediate tax implications. There you go. That's, a that's perfect. exactly what a 1031 is. Perfect. So. Yep. so that's exciting. So congratulations that's... to you both. I'm very proud. Uh, and congratulations to you Absolutely. as well. Yep. So uh, the market has been strange, you know, just crazy, but there's been some subtle shifts that are happening right now. So let's talk a little bit about that. I think that would be pretty curious for most of our listeners. Uh, I think it's gone from the craziest year Obviously, for me being in real estate, because I haven't been in it very long. Well, I think that's anybody, though. True. Yeah, yeah. 22 years later, and from the fastest pace, fastest selling, craziest offers to slightly more moderate. It's um, calming down a bit. Yeah. So the buyers that have been sitting on the sidelines, it's not as aggressive as it's been. There might be a slight uptick before school starts, but we have seen where we might have saw four, 40 showings in a weekend, we might see... 10 or 15. And where we saw 10 offers, we might see two. That's kind of my overall. And I've talked to other agents that are experiencing a similar thing, which is healthy for the market and healthy for our first time home buyers because we all three, our hearts have gone out to you. Oh, absolutely. I love my first time home buyers. And I've had several that have said, you know, we're just going to wait. This market's too scary. So come back, guys. It's calming down. So I think, like we mentioned two months ago on our last uh, um, Today's Dream, there's no expectation that prices are going to adjust down. This has been an adjustment mm-hmm. here in the Midwest that has been going on, I don't know, for five to seven years and is anticipated to continue to go. It's going to level out, but we don't really see prices coming down. Now, what we will see is the overpricing and the overbidding coming down. So something that, yeah. uh, you know, the the 
the need for appraisal waivers and the sort of virtually ridiculous kinds of things that are going on. Those yeah, will start over, going over away. Over aggressive. Yeah. I'm offering you my firstborn to go to get this house. <laughs> I think we're going to start to see some leveling on that. And for more reasons than one, right? I think part of it is the market. Part of it is schools getting ready to start back. Part of it is that people are able to start traveling again and they're going to spend their money on other things other than just the home, which for the last year almost, we've seen people be able to stick that money in the bank and then really put it into their home, which we do love that. But at the same time, like I said, our heart's gone out to those first time buyers. And just to kind of um, elaborate on what the market's done in the greater Kansas City area, um, we're still at 103% of list price which is still a 4% increase from last year. It's over year. The, the last month or quarter? That's over the last month, but it marks it at 4.6% up from the last year. Right, which mm. was so it's still, incredibly high to begin with. So Yeah, it's still increasing. We're still seeing over list price, but that number's not as aggressive. And personally, what we're seeing, when, and I'll expect this in the July statistics so we can follow up, is that that's going to come down maybe just a smidge. Right. I mean, that's just uh, amazing that that happens. Um, now, that's not that every house gets 102 or 103% of asking price. There's some that get way above and some that get way below. I have seen uh, and I continue to see, um, I, I'm assuming, it uh, some, some bad pricing decisions uh, of prices too high. And those have always happened and they happen for a variety of reasons. Um, but I think some of it has been that the market is so unique. It doesn't, you know, uh, pricing a home correctly in a, in a market that's this aggressive, which is a great term for it, by the way, Jen. I don't think anybody, there's no one, there's no 25 years or 50 years that has experience of a market like this. So mm. everybody has been trying to feel it out. And, and so we've definitely seen that. And those obviously, you know, aren't selling for uh, asking price. They're selling for less. So. Um, other news in terms of what's going on crazy is the price of lumber has dropped significantly. So it's come down like um, uh, 50% from its all-time high. Now we're still like, uh, so this math doesn't work, but this is what I was reading. We're still like 50% higher than it was in pre-pandemic. But um, that problem was much more a short-term um, uh, shortage and it was always expected to eventually level back out to near similar prices. Um, it's the same thing that's going on with the things that are significantly affected by the chips, right? Cars are going nuts right now and the inventories are ridiculously low. There's an expectation that they are going to, uh, once manufacturing catches back up, they are going to come down. That is not the case with housing, right? That's what housing- At least we don't think. I right, mean- most, The economists that we listen to say that that's not the case. We're that, going to see a leveling. We're not going to see right. a decline. And that's because we have been underserving the market for a long time. Yeah, demand will still remain right. strong. I do think, you know, interest rates will start to creep up at some point, which, gosh, we're really starting to see some inflation. So right. it, it could be isn't, really a needed item. Isn't Kansas City's market like fairly low price-wise compared to a lot of the rest of the nation? Okay. I just Anyways. actually saw the National Association of Realtors, and I'm calling this from memory, the median home price hit an all-time high of 363000 and some right. change. Yeah. When well you look at our overall area, that number is 316000 So that still makes us an affordable place to live. We've been on some top 10 list recently. I've seen two different top 10 lists, and I can't quote exactly which ones, but we're one of the best places to live for multiple reasons on that top 10 list. And we're still 
affordable in terms of affordability. And if you get into Clay and Platte County, you've got even a little more affordability than our greater Kansas City. So in uh, Clay County, we've got two eighty two as the median sales price. In Platte County, you're almost to that national average, though, of three hundred and fifty two thousand and some change. Hmm. So still affordable under the national median average. So still awesome. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. So let's uh, let's dive into some of the stuff we've been working on recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the things that we can talk about that listeners mm-hmm. just you know let, let's let's talk about how the sausage is made a little bit. So uh, one of the things that I want to discuss that I've just kind of gone through is some of the things that happen with inspections and then a thing called a resolution of unacceptable conditions. So let me just frame that up for everybody that's not familiar with what it means. So you you understand most people are probably really cognizant, well, when you put an offer in a house, then you get an inspection on the house. You hire uh, a professional, preferably certified inspector, um, who does um, a whole home inspection, possibly even doing a um, uh, several multiple inspections, termites, radon, uh, sewer, thank scope, you. Yeah. roof, whatever Et your cetera. heart desires Everything. in that inspection. Now, I have yet to see, and I don't know that one ever exists, an, an actual inspection report that doesn't indicate that there are some items to take care of. You can get a brand new home, and this is why it is advisable to still get inspections on brand new homes, and I promise you they can come up with 40 things, if not more. So. What happens at that point, let's say you're the buyer and you've got an inspection, you then can uh, present a resolution of unacceptable conditions. And there's a couple of things that can happen on it. Uh, You can offer to renegotiate. You can say, hey, let's bring the price down. But what I want to talk about today is what can happen is, is that you can list the items that you request to be fixed before you purchase the home. And it, you know, it's it's part of the contract. So it's a negotiation, theory, right? You yeah, know. or lower so the price. It, it has to lots of different possibilities. But if you get that list, so now you're a seller and you get that list, um, there's no requirement that you have to do it. Mm-hmm. You can negotiate back. Now we can bring in some of the requirements of FHA loans and VA loans, etc. But ultimately, as a seller, you sort of have that choice. The thing that uh, happened to me that uh, I wish people would kind of get a little bit more reasonable on was uh, they asked for, uh, there's cats in the home, and they asked for the carpets to be clean. Yeah. Yet putting that on an unacceptable conditions means it has to be done prior to the close of the house. Well, these clients also have- Unless specified otherwise, because I have seen other things specified in the- unacceptable conditions makes it challenging for your mortgage though right because if you say hey um has to be done the day after you leave or something like that then theoretically that that has to be verified and then the money has to be set aside and usually at that point you might be asking the title company to escrow that and you know they don't love it but they they'll do it but they don't love it so it sometimes it's a lot easier to say hey some of these unacceptable conditions just credit us the money. And then there's some cash concerns too, like, well, I don't want you to lower the price by $400 for a whole home carpet cleaning or 350 or whatever, because then I'd have to come up even, that's just going to lower my mortgage and I don't have the $400 cash. So you can even say, hey, at close, provide a uh, uh, money to do that, like in the form of a cashier's check or whatever. So um, the other- Yeah, then you could just put on the resolution 
um, seller to credit buyer $400 for carpet cleaning at closing. That right. way you're above belt with everything and it's in there and then right. it's done at the escrow table and you're golden. So the unacceptable conditions are not a you have to fix uh, necessarily, but they're certainly a negotiation point. And one of the things that I think, like my sellers frequently, they just look at the list and they go, how am I going to get all this done? And yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, you don't have to do it all. It is scary when you look at it, mm-hmm. especially I work with mostly first-time buyers, and they see that inspection report, and they're like, oh, my gosh, 40 pages of things that need to be done. But it's really And like, a lot of it's uh, educational. Yeah, and it's a honey-do list, things that you would have to do anywhere you live, really, most of them. Well, that's the other thing. Because it's on an inspection doesn't mean it needs to be uh, necessarily fixed by the homeowner. There's always things to do in a home. Yeah. And that can scare a lot of people that aren't uh, familiar with you know, um, you know, this, this light fixture is loose. Oh, I got to put that down. And, and, and I'm like, well, okay, that's two screws and a, and a step ladder. <laughs> why are, why are we negotiating? Why are we risking a $250,000 deal or whatever it is over this silly stuff? So this is why we see some people requiring or asking, selling their home as is not because it's in rough condition. It's because they don't want to be nitpicked. Yeah. And so I've even had agents tell me that. It's like, go ahead and have an inspection. If there's major stuff, we'll talk about it. But we're not going to, we're not going to be, you know, you know, the, the, the fence posts need straightening. No, that's you. The fence still works fine. Yeah. So I don't know. What kind of experience have you guys had with that? Well, everybody's level of comfort is different in every buyer's level. So that's why it's important. And I think we do a great job of that here is setting expectations that, hey, we have a home inspection for major things typically that we have, especially in this market. If we're allowed to do an inspection, right. because we've had such a time where the buyers have gotten to a point where they're like, oh, my gosh, I just want to get a house. I need to move by this date and I'll fix anything at this point. We're getting back from that a little bit. We're starting to see those inspection periods come back in. And that's good because it's going to educate that buyer about that house. So, you know, my experience is just do a good job talking to your clients about the expectations of the list up front. That a lot of this is educational and we want to learn about the asset that we're purchasing. And if there's important things on there that we know need to be fixed, like a roof. A roof is detrimental in multiple facets if it's bad. It is protecting the foundation. It is doing so many different things. Gutters are another thing. Although a lot of times simple gutter issues can be fixed by the buyer after closing. And it's just a conversational piece and an educational piece because water against your foundation is bad. So it's a great opportunity to deepen that relationship with our clients and to give them that piece of knowledge going forward from here on out about their home. I really like the buyers to be present during the inspection, too, and even like to follow the inspector around. We'll follow him around and he they can kind of go over everything they're looking at and tell us like this is I'm going to put it on the report, but it's really not a big deal. It's so it's such a simple fix as like you said, two screws just. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, Not every agent out there is as knowledgeable uh, about uh, homes, home maintenance issues, repair issues as others. Like, here's a for example. I have some clients right now getting ready to put their house on the market, and uh, they have a sidewall foundation crack that leaks. Now, I just said foundation crack, and 85% of our listeners went, I'm not going to buy that house, right? And the reality is, or, or, oh, my God, that's going to cost a fortune to repair. Yeah. And in this particular case, because of the technologies available by foundation, and this is not a stress crack, it is is a water crack, there's no 
uh, foundation leaning or anything. You know how much it's going to cost them to fix that, to have it professionally done properly and last for years and years and years and years? 300 bucks. Yep. They've got some great epoxies that right. remedy water they, issues. They do, and... a, they do an etching with a bonding element and these, epo- et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it's it's $300. Now, yeah, they had to tear the wall out, so they're going to have to have somebody help them with the drywall, which might be another 300 bucks. Yeah. But these are not $25,000 foundation issues. So you, if particularly if your agent, and not all agents are, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, aren't really familiar with that, that can say, hey, this is what I think. And they will always say, but you should get it verified. I, I mean, I know a lot about flipping homes and whatnot, and I always say, that's my opinion. However, we'll have somebody that's qualified, yeah. licensed, whatever, come in and check this as well. And you're but seldom you're am always... I wrong, seldom am I out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if the agent doesn't have that knowledge, and not all agents do, and it's not a requirement, then you definitely need to be there for your inspection because your inspector, he or she, will definitely have that knowledge or get another inspector. Well, and one of the things I can credit our team with and everybody on the team has done it at this point is we've walked this real estate contract. So anything we're asking our buyers to do, we have all personally done within the last 12 months. Some of us, you know, a lot of times. So signing contracts, going through the mortgage process, because it is tedious and it is difficult. And we don't take that lightly because not only do we value everything that you're doing, we know exactly what you're doing and we've been through it ourselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, Stevie, you guys just bought an investment property and rented it out. Mm -hmm. So uh, people are talking about that. I Not not too long ago, I moved, but I I think that's one of the big keys to um, uh, education and transparency is to not forget what it's like to not do this for a living. And I think all three of us are pretty good at it. But your agent, whoever you're using, if it's not the three of us, shame on you. But <laughs> but, but make sure that, that they haven't, for, you know, find out, say, well, t- remind me again. And then listen to how they talk to you and, and uh, whether they're patient with you and whatnot. Because that's really, really important that be it in home inspection or be it about what's going to happen on appraisal or the fear you might have. What happens if the house doesn't appraise for as much as we think it should? And if they're not walking it through you. In base terms, not talking down to you, but just saying, hey, here's the information. Let me share it with you. Let me make sure you understand. Then then fire, fire them and find another agent. That's well, yeah. and the other thing I wanted to bring up that's current matters, appraisals. There's oh, yeah. still an issue, and I think we're seeing a lot of appraisals correct on you know the, the values that have possibly been. Um, there's a lot of happy sellers out there, and sometimes there's happy people that think, oh, my house is worth 500000 when my house is worth 300000 and I just want to put it on the market because I see everybody else in this seller's market, and I want to get in on the action. While you may be able to get over list price or something like that, we're going to coach you on what we think is reasonable, and then we're going to coach you on the risks of appraisal. And I've had a real situation with someone accepting an offer, very, very much over list price, and then it coming back much more um, in the ballpark of what we talked about in the beginning, even though a buyer was willing to pay significantly more. So the end result is that we renegotiate that. And that's becoming a pretty good trend. I think it's probably been there, um, hadn't had as many appraisers coming in lower than, you know, the list price as some, I think. But it's been a particular issue in this market, and I think people are becoming a little more risk-averse, especially appraisers. Well, I think in that particular case, you know, they offered something like, I think you were telling me, giving me the numbers, like 14% over asking price. And so we're in a market that's already increased in value over 20% in the last, like, 14 months or something. Uh, and then to 
find to try to get to appraise 14% on top of that. I mean, somewhere along the way, somebody has to say, unfortunately, your home is not really worth that, even if somebody was willing to pay it or at least to pay it if it appraised. Some people need to be more realistic. But but, not, but that's not unique to this market. I mean, it's probably uh, um, uh, much more apparent in this market. Maybe more people are falling into that trap of deciding that their home is worth more than it actually is. Uh, you know, we go back to that age old, you know, how much money you put into this house, what you bought it for, and how much you owe on it has absolutely nothing to do with what its value is. The, you know, the market uh, determines what the value is. So, my My husband always says... Things are worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for them. <laughs> Unless the mortgage company comes and says, no way, Jose. Right. Yeah, that's, or the appraiser is not worth correct. that. <laughs> I want to say, listen, we know that you want this. However, in two years, we don't want a bad situation on our hands if yeah. something bad happens. So for, for the vast majority of uh, home purchases, things are uh, worth what uh, a lender will lend on them. Exactly. Yeah, so now if you've got cash, knock yourself out. So. Yeah, absolutely. But you... Be smart if you are offering cash. I mean, either be reasonable with what you're offering and try and look at the comps and have your agent help you with that um, or put in an appraisal contingency. I mean, it's it's a little just there is something to that. Yes. All right. So what else is going on? Um, we've got um, we've got lumber coming down. We've got houses. Now, the houses. not. People will use the language slowing down, which is an accurate language, but it has a, a negative connotation like things are bad. The competition has slowed down. So we, we think that's the case, too. Are you not seeing as many? Um, I'm not. And, and I'm working with a couple of clients that are in sort of very uh, affordable home ranges, you know, mm -hmm. in the in the in the 200s to 260s in there. So uh, I'm not seeing near as many people at the you know, there's not this long queue of people waiting to get in a house or walking over well, each other. Well, part of that is travel is exceeding 2019 right now. Is it really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Travel are... numbers are crazy right now. I, As a matter of fact, on, on my feet alone, I have four friends out of the country. So, so some people are really like, they've had bucket lists. Maybe those bucket lists have become a little more near and dear to their heart. And a lot of that involves traveling and they're not waiting. I feel like another part of it, everybody went back to work. So now people aren't like stuck in their house and hate it as much. You know what I mean? Well, or that people have have either done their home remodeling projects or moved, right? But we still see demand up there pretty high. We still see inventory. I think we just got the numbers for the last month, and it's like uh, it's 0.9, I think, which means that there's less than a full month's worth of uh, available homes out there based on the sales numbers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, what we think is a pretty level, many people think a pretty level or flat number is three, and we're at 0.9. Yeah, so. we're still under inventory. But we're just not seeing the feeding frenzy that once was going on. And like I said earlier, I think it still could happen before school starts back up. We're a few weeks out from that, and there may be this final push when people get back in town because I really think travel is impacting the real estate industry right, right. now. Sort of that, but that I do think global cabin fever, if you will. Global yeah. cabin fever is a great way to put it. I think we'll see a slight push and then a, a leveling, and I think we're going to start to see that trend because – it's hard with as much competition and losing time after time again on a home is like you said, Stevie, people will just time out. Hell, it tears yeah. me up. I know it tears my clients up. Me I'm, too. I live and die with their emotions after that. I mean, I, I level it out and I try to be the voice of reason for them, but then I go home and I'm like, oh, we my cry God. in the bathroom. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
I can't. <laughs> these poor people. Oh, I just, it's no. terrible. But um, yeah, the, but then there's a, and typically there's a natural slowing of the market coming into the fall, right? Because the market tends to be much, much uh, busier in the late spring and early summer for because of school-age children mm-hmm. is the main reason why there's a big push there. Um, I feel like last fall and winter, though, it really didn't slow down much at all. Well, it's because there was nothing going on in, if you look, April, May was pretty much non-existent. And so then we made up for it June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January. <laughs> That's true. And so forth. So Yeah, well, the lockdown. And then, I, and, and then that, I think... Um, we know it made people think a lot more about their living situation because they had to spend a lot more time at home. They so. got time to analyze all those nicks and crannies, sure. didn't they? They had to figure out their home office situations. Home offices, right? So if you uh, are interested, by the way, we I think it was uh, uh, just a couple of weeks ago we published this great podcast with uh, Scott Quinn talking about uh, home yeah. offices. So. Yeah, it's a, a lot one. of people still are going to be working from home. Three days a week is the number that I'm hearing most commonly. So they're going to the office two days a week. Working from home three days a week. Yeah. Now, um, all three of us, we have home offices mm-hmm. and uh, some more elaborate than others. Uh, but we could jump into that briefly. So um, what uh, what have you done in your home office that might be different or that was like makes it work for you? The Zoom aspect. So putting the Blue Yeti mic in, putting mm-hmm. in the Logitech webcam and then putting in the lighting. I tried the backdrop for a while to have the cool um, Zoom background. I kind of dropped that and just cleaned out my desk (laughs) and put out some some things. That was easier to maintain for me personally than trying to do all the other things. But those are definite additions that I felt like were a necessity. And sales training for me has gone pretty much virtual. Several of the people that are now in it are from St. Louis. And so while I'm able to go back in person to some of the sales training, it feels better to all be on the same page, if you will, and be virtual because we're all virtual together versus if I go in, it's me and the three of them still on the screen. Right. So. So what you're saying is, is by adding technology, that's really helped. Um, You know, obviously it was a a requirement, but then as we all knew it would, it kind of, when you do have the ability to get face to face, um, who knows, they may take away again, but that that there's still a place for it and a much broader place than there was prior. We we learned that there can be some successes, distance learning, et cetera. So. Zooms were the weirdest thing ever when they first started. I was like, this is so awkward. Everybody can see me like sitting in my kitchen. Oh, yeah. I finally bought a desk like two weeks ago. Right, I have so, a real office now. Yeah, <laughs> I can right, shut, so you just shut my kids doing out. That. And that was a big deal for you, right? Which is it to was. have a space where the children aren't. Yeah, because when we first started doing everything like Zoom and virtual, the kids were at school. So I could just like sit in my kitchen, but now it's summer in their home and it's like, I can't do any of this stuff. It's, they're so loud. I have three boys, so they just bother me all day. <laughs> three, three, three boys, let's call them rambunctious. Yes, they're a little <laughs> well, bit Well, and if wild. we're being honest, Eric, I know you're not in this, but we're ready for the kids to go back to school at this I'm point. I'm so ready. We have had all summer with the children. We've done our fun um, trips that we've done with our yes. kids, and it is time for them to go back to school. And for me, it's really time for them to go back to school because I had an in-home school all last year, which mm, was right. completely different dynamic. So. I'm really ready for the kids to back to school and praying that everything goes well for that. Me too. I think my kids mostly need a break from each other. Like, they're fine with me. 
they drive me crazy because they just fight all the time. <laughs> like, you guys need a break from each other. Yeah. yeah. Three three young boys in the house together uh, mm-hmm. arguing and fighting. That's a, that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. I so. feel like I'm a WWE referee, referee <laughs> half the day. <laughs> I'm in this corner. Yes. Which, by the way, I think is coming to Kansas City. I think the SmackDown's coming to Kansas City. Oh, God. Nobody I'm tell not my a kids. big... I don't... Anybody that knows me knows I don't really watch TV, but once in a while I'll catch SmackDown's going to be on, and I have a guilty pleasure. Like I have to watch it for five or ten minutes just to watch the ridiculousness of it. It is, so and funny. I remember it from my childhood. Hulk Hogan was the ultimate in WWE. Like anybody that knows from the eighties, Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania, right? Sure. A million dollar man. I ha- I have fond memories of that and watching that with the neighborhood kids. So for some odd reason that brings a guilty happy fun time in my life that's got some craziness my husband's like you're ridiculous (laughs) you know what's weird about wwe so my kids watch the new like friday night smackdowns that they have i don't know if it's on right now but during the fall they did and that was like the first show that i watched there was no audience and i thought like this is so weird when the covid like lockdown first started that was like when it really hit me like wow there's this is real. There's no audience. And it was like so quiet and awkward. <laughs> it was like, Ugh. they got the screens in it now. I caught that mm, three weeks ago. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's interesting, though, because you mentioned COVID and I should just toss out where we're, this is going to get, like I said, released on August 1st um, here just in a few days. One of the things we should tell our clients, even though um, there's a lot of uh, stuff around uh, vaccinated and not vaccinated and masks. Wash and your the, damn hands. The Delta virus, <laughs> the Delta variant, and uh, you know St. Louis County and Los Angeles County both have reinstituted mask orders, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you want your agent to wear a mask, even if they're vaccinated, you ask them. Yeah, to. just ask. Absolutely. I mean, it's still a very easy comfort level of whatever you are most comfortable with, please ask. And, you know, and if you are the seller, you can ask that as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's just, we can definitely, uh, or even virtual tours. If you want us as your agent to be the one going into the homes and do the zoom or the Facebook live or any of the things, definitely we are still doing that. And that has become more of a norm. If you will, we've got a lot of matter ports on listings now that maybe that wasn't something that was implemented early on. But all of those are still options for people out there with everything going on. Right. I mean, we all have our own opinions. We all either are or aren't vaccinated, will or won't wear masks. But anybody in the service industry should be willing to um, mask up without making a big deal out of it, if that's what makes you comfortable personally. Uh, I'm vaccinated, and so I don't typically wear a mask. And then, um, But I, I always have one with me. Obviously, we're all wearing them when we go into medical facilities. Oh, and when you're going into somebody's home, it needs to be respectful of their home. Whatever they want. I always follow my client's lead. If I see them get out of the car and have a mask on, then I just put one on. Absolutely. But what we're putting out there is that whatever you as the client, whether you're the seller or buyer, don't be afraid to ask in that um, ram that that's what you need to do is follow what your intuition says. Right. Yeah. And then, and then one, even though we may or may not be over the hump, we certainly thought we were four or five weeks ago. Um, uh, if you go to a home listing and they've asked you to mask up, right. Just, just be prepared for that and do it. Um, and know that people have rings and all kinds of fancy things now. So please be respectful of those well, sellers. They're letting you into their largest financial asset. And so it's really that's one thing I think in in this process, and I try and stress with people, especially those that may not have taken the time to get qualified or something like that, that you are going into someone's home. 
So please use the utmost respect mm-hmm. while oh, yeah. going into that home. There was a video that was um, out just last week, and it was some children climbing on some staircases and looking like monkeys in a listing. And I was like, O-M-G. Yeah. And maybe they were totally comfortable with that, but maybe they weren't. And so I, I would just ask, again, it's someone's home. Please be respectful. And, and um, we, I tell every client, assume that you're being recorded. Yes, absolutely. Let's not have financial and discussions. And let's not reach into people's refrigerators. Oh, yeah. Don't, unless. My so. seller saw somebody get in their refrigerator and get something <laughs> out. What? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, even the houses that have like refrigerators, I always, like, as soon as somebody, uh, like a client that I'm walking through, reaches for the refrigerator, like, I immediately go, is this refrigerator coming with the house? Because if not, don't open that door. Right. right? That's right. none of your dang business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, but they get in the habit of like looking to see the conditions of the cabinets and everything, and so they get in the habit of opening, and so they're not necessarily being nefarious, right? It's just like open. I think open, it's fine open. to open it and look in, right, because yeah. I think it can bode to a lot of different things about the condition. But I don't think it's okay to open it unless there's a sign on there that <laughs> grab says, a soda. <laughs> if it says please take a water or beer, which sometimes that happens, please take a water or beer. It says that. Hold it. You if go to places where they say take a beer. Yeah, I've never I've had seen that, that happen. Really? Oh yeah. What the Maybe heck? they knew the client I was bringing in. Who knows? I, going in the wrong houses. Yeah. yeah absolutely. No, I. Uh, well, you remember <laughs> that I, you know, I lived in a house and we'd built a, a a bar in it, and uh, but I I showed those houses, and so as a uh, I was always at them because there were features in there that no buying agent was going to know to to showcase. So I always did that and then got out of the way. But I offered frequently people uh, alcohol at that point. Well, and I have so a, we had it on tap. Yeah, Ooh. when I have a very high-end listing right now, and yeah. we do, I have to go through just for the same reason you're saying. There's very exclusive features to the home, and it's 8,000-some-odd square feet, so you would definitely miss some things. And I offer them water or beer, especially when we go down to the shop. There's a huge beer fridge, so right. yeah. We're very um, hospitable here at Dream Homes by Jen. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> All right, ladies, we're running out of time, but that's a little bit of the state of affairs of what's going on. Some tidbits into how the sausage is made in terms of what it is we're doing. And um, uh, we hope you really have enjoyed this uh, today's Dream episode. We'll do another one in a couple of months. But until then, check out some of the really awesome episodes we have coming up. We've got... Um, well, let's see. We've got Megan Considine from uh, Goosehead Insurance, which is an insurance brokerage, which we talk about. We talk about flood insurance with that. With that. We've got uh, coming up, I think, right after that, Elena Huffman. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I couldn't come up and uh, with her name, Elena Huffman, and she's with, wow, why am I drawing a blank? NCRI. There we go. Uh, Restoration, so- and she's probably going to talk to us about some mold stuff and different things in your home. And also how to be prepared for the worst case scenarios, because that's what they deal with. And then we also have coming up, um, I don't know if we're set in stone yet. Can I say we're good? Uh, We're going to have the mayor of Smithville. Yeah, I'm super excited to have Mayor Boley on. He has done just a phenomenal job on the Main Street tour. Smithville's on the Main Street tour. And getting some developments to come to Smithville was stagnant for many years. And to see some of this development come to fruition is really, really exciting. And he owns a small bike shop that he's going to talk to us about, too. They're doing the live-work concept. And so they're actually moving into a condo above their bike shop down in downtown Smithville. So that'll be cool to talk to him about that. And for those people that like to bike on the trails and everything, he's got a cool little shop in town. Yeah, we'll showcase Smithville a little bit. And then uh, we also have talked with a couple of other mayors around town to see if they'd like to come talk about 
their municipalities as well. We're tongue-tied today, Uh, friends. Absolutely. Anyway, we hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.